0: Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today we are discussing the film Sundays at Tiffany's, which I believe came out in 2010. It's already been 10 years. A decade has passed. Whoa! this is based off of a f- uh, book by a famous author whose name I cannot remember right now. His stuff isn't really my thing, but a lot of people seem to enjoy it. I believe it was James Patterson. And then he co-wrote it with another um, woman author. The reason I like this movie is because, number one, it is nothing like the book, which is kind of this romantic novel with what Anna considers somewhat inappropriate material. I tried to read it, and I just couldn't finish It, it wasn't my thing. But the movie is something that I greatly enjoy. This is another one that is kind of a holiday movie, although I will watch this one at other times of year. I probably haven't watched this movie in over two years, though, now. Bob and I would usually sit down and watch this one yearly. It's basically about a woman who grew up in a very restrictive family. Her mother was a total control freak who ran a theater. She had an imaginary friend named Michael who, on her 10th birthday, left her and basically broke her heart at that point. She then went on to, at the age of 30, be managing the theater for her mom and marrying this actor who she is engaged to and trying to get her wedding planned and isn't able to make decisions about her wedding. and. Suddenly one day she goes into Tiffany's to get her ring fitted, which is where her imaginary friend Michael left her at because that's where they met when she was a child and five. So he had about four and a quarter years with her before he left when she was a kid. In the book, Michael is an adult imaginary friend. In the movie, he's a kid imaginary friend and comes back as an adult who looks nothing like the character depicted in the book, which is kind of another little aside, but there you go. And she meets this guy who basically tells her things about her childhood she cannot figure out. And then he finally says, I was your imaginary friend who left you at Tiffany's. And she slaps him in the face and gets really upset. But then she calms down a bit and thinks that she's delusional. But other people can see him as well, and there's certain things about his story which just are too precise to not be somewhat reasonable, so she comes to believe that, yeah, Michael did come back, and she's not quite sure why, since her life seems to be pretty perfect by all accounts, although I will say in her case her life is rather far from perfect because of her overbearing mom and her less-than-stellar choice of a fiance. But anyway. She continues to g- develop and try to plan her wedding, and Michael helps her do that. After Michael comes into her life, she is able to make decisions on what dress she wants to wear, what flower arrangements she wants, etc., what cake she wants to have, which she wasn't able to make these decisions before Michael came into her life. And she has a friend who is a therapist, and her friend basically says, you know, you're able to figure out your life when Michael's here in a way that you could never figure out your life before he was here. And she said, just maybe think about that a little bit and think about how, like the one thing I love about this movie is when Michael comes, he has such a childlike non, he doesn't think things through with the caution of adults. When he meets, um, Her fiance, the thing that he says is, What do you love about her? And then he kind of goes into what he has always loved about her, like when she runs her ponytail, swaying back and forth, or how she sings in her sleep, because you know, when they were kids, they slept together, etc. But he basically asks, What is it that you enjoy about her to her fiance? And her fiance says, Well, I enjoy how she schedules my life, how everything's orderly, etc. And he goes, Well, you can get a day book and a timer for that. What do you like about her? And basically, Michael helps her realize through this story, and I think it's one of the reasons it's one of the few rom-coms I really do enjoy, except I do skip one romantical part because I just don't like romantical parts like that. So anyway, but anyway, moving on. The thing I do like about this is Michael has her ask really good questions. He has her ask why are you marrying this guy? What is it about him that you really do like? And is he going to really see you? Or is he just going to see her yourself? And as her friend, the therapist says, you know, Michael can see you. And Michael, when he looks at you, he's actually looking at you. And, and the girl character says, well, I... Think Hugh looks at me that way, which is her fiance, and she goes, No, Hugh looks at himself that way. He doesn't look at you that way because he's too self absorbed in his own self. And then, as the story progresses, the main character realizes that she's making some bad decisions. So she does decide to pursue a relationship with Michael, but at the end of it, Michael decides that he has to go back to his own world, and so there's a web there. My problem with this movie at that point is. I really have a problem with rom-coms for one particular reason, and I'm not going to get so that we can't have the kiddies here, but my main reason is, like in this movie, for example, Michael and the lead character's relationship was really good until they decided to spend time together in a romantical way that wasn't the best of decisions given the circumstances. And it is at that point that their relationship breaks apart because... They both know that they tried to commit to something that they couldn't commit to, and therefore there is a problem at that point. Whereas, in my opinion, you should decide to commit to something and then pursue your romantic interest simply so that both parties don't end up shattered on the floor. I mean, I don't mean that bad at all. It's just Ana here going, this is my problem with rom-coms. Because it just seems that in the rom-coms, the main pressure points, or people try to get in a relationship too fast, and then they realize that they didn't really know what the commitment would mean, and then they're like, oh shoot, I've jumped off the diving board and then found out there's not water in the pool. I mean, I'm not trying to be bad here, but I'm simply saying that's why I don't really prefer rom-coms. However, I do like this movie because it does ask questions about what is it you like about people? What is it about people that make them possibly good couples? And I think the reason it's funny in the end is she does end up with Michael. They do end up getting engaged. And at the end of the movie, she's sitting there on the sidewalk walking on Christmas Eve in her wedding dress because she ran out from her wedding deciding That was a terrible mistake, which she was entirely right on. And they're telling each other stories about underwater tuba players and their wives and how they met. And they're just crazy stories. And I'm going, you know, at the end of the day, relationships that are built on camaraderie and healthy friendships and then develop are better. Although in this case, I will say, you know, it would have been better for both these parties in retrospect if they had... Decided to commit to some before they jumped off the diving pool. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, I met those underwater tuba players. But, you know, that's Anna's review of Sundays at Tiffany. Again, this is one of my favorite Christmas shows. Um... I do recommend skipping certain parts of it with the kitties. Actually, only one part, and you can see it coming. So you just go click, and then you know you're at the next scene, and you don't know what happened. So anyway, but um, it is probably an eight or a nine for me. It's one of those that Bob and I greatly have enjoyed through the years just because it is a funny show. And even more importantly than that, I think it's good to have shows that ask you know, good questions. It's like, why do I like BLs? Because they ask really good questions. And at the end of the day, the other thing that I like about this show is there's this several scenes where they used to play games when they were kids, and they would say, got you last. And the reason I like that is like at the end of the show, there's some scenes where they're basically saying, got you last. Because, you know, it wasn't her first choice. Her first choice was to marry the crazy actor who would have made her life miserable and was already making her life miserable and who you know she couldn't have ever made him happy because he would have always been looking for the next thing and no offense to anyone i'm just saying that's the way it would have gone but it's not who you've got first it's who you've got last and you know At the end of the day, it's like everyone will talk about, oh, their first love. Well, the first love really isn't the important thing. The important thing is who's going to be the last love. Who's going to be the last one to be there with you? It's not who, you know, is the first or the middle or whatever. It's who's going to be the last. And you're some people are lucky enough on this planet, and I really do may not, that their first love is their last love. I'm like, yay, who's it for them? But really, it is kind of got you last. And it reminds me of a scene in the new Love by Chance series where Can is talking to Tool. And Tool is telling Can about all the different people that his brother Tin has been with through the years. And I'm going, okay, let's let's just cool the jets here and just review that Tin is literally 19 years old. And I'm not saying he hasn't been with people. I'm simply saying, Tool, really? Okay, you know, you're just, uh, anyway, I could go on for hours about Tool, but I'm not going to do that in this audience. But anyway, at the end of the day, Ken looks at me and says, I don't, care what you have to say about Tin and who he's been with or who he hasn't been with or whatever. He said, the main point of the fact is, is I'm with Tin now and I'm going to stay with Tin and I'm going to finish with Tin. And that's really all that matters at the end of the day. Not that Tin's behavior in the past doesn't affect his present or won't affect his future because that would be an absolute utter lie and falsehood, but to sit there and go like did it really is about who is going to be the last. And I really like in this movie how they play that game of got you last. I don't know why, it just kind of strikes a chord with me. But anyway, I would give this movie again an eight, and it really is a cool holiday movie, and it's a neat movie to watch any time of year. Just to remember why you're doing what you're doing, and why, you know, people get into relationships that they get into. I don't know. Ask good questions. So with that, on and out, check it at the round table. Bye!